0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Consumer, the European podcast of the Consumer Choice Center. As always, I'm your host, Bill Words, with Billy Joel's pressure fading out in the background. This is episode 115 on May 18, 2023. As always, if you like to support this podcast, you can do so by going on consumerchoicecenter.org slash donate in fiat and cryptocurrency um, for your donations. And of course, recommend uh, this podcast to a friend, family member, Uh, Half an hour each week, we love to entertain and inform. Uh, That's the the goal of this podcast, giving consumers more information. And we're doing so this week with my guest uh, Omar Shatta. He's the Senior Government Affairs Manager at Kareem, which for those of you who don't know, is sort of the Uber of the Middle East. We talked about all things ride-sharing, but also about becoming an everything app, with everything from grocery delivery to finding people who will walk your dog. This episode is different because the entire episode is dedicated to this interview. Uh, I really enjoy the conversation. I think it's super interesting to um, to talk to Omar about the specifics, the the the, the technology of ride sharing, how it's really changed, and you know how he's worked in this field. So super interesting conversation. So yeah, take it away. So some of the listeners will know Kareem already, but for those who have never used it before, can you just tell us what you guys do? Kareem is the
1: uh, Middle East's premier ride-hailing and online marketplace. Uh, We have been in the market for uh, over almost a decade now, and we are a platform that connects uh, sort of resellers, uh, service providers and customers together and using technology to enable uh,
0: that marketplace to occur. So you mentioned quite a few things here, because uh, if, it, if if this had been 10 years ago, people look at uh, apps such as Uber and Kareem as like, okay, this is just how I get a ride. But you've really transitioned into different things as well. You're sort of becoming, in the example of Kareem as well, a bit of an everything app. Can you just lead us through some of the services you have and also maybe explain why this is, like why move from just... Um, chauffeur service to all of these other different applications?
1: So, first, uh, to understand sort of how Kareem got to where, where it is today, it's, it's worth taking a step back and understanding where the origins are from. So, we started off uh, from day one with a mission to, uh, to simplify the lives of our customers and uh, create an awesome organization that inspires. Those are words that every Kareem employee, we call them, we call ourselves tigers, every Kareem tiger has ingrained in our heads, right? So the idea is that our two co-founders, Mudasser Sheikha and Magnus Olson, when they were both McKinsey consultants, and when they started off, they started off really not knowing what they wanted to do. They just know that they wanted, they know that they wanted to use technology to do something that's impactful and meaningful in the Middle East. So they started off with this idea that there's a lot of inefficiencies out there and we wanna use technology to do something that's gonna simplify people's lives and how to do that. And they started off with the idea of transportation. Now, why transportation? Um, it's worth taking a step and back and sort of looking at what the transportation uh, sort of landscape looked like really across across the Middle East region, uh, 10 years ago or so. Um, there's, there's and, and actually still in many markets today. So first of all, a lot of folks got around using uh, taxis, sort of state-operated taxis. Uh, maybe they hired private drivers. And for the most part, though, a lot of people just got around either street hailing and some countries would have uh, meters, other, co- other countries wouldn't. Uh, safety was always a concern not to mention language barriers uh uh, payment was an issue you know always having to pay in cash so there's a lot of friction so just looking at transportation and no particular reason why transportation just that was the that was the industry that uh our co-founders decided to tackle first they said well there's a lot of pain points for getting around from place to place and we can use technology to, to make to do that better and so uh you know, of course, there was some inspiration from other players that had started before us. And Kareem started really being a Middle East focused, Arabic language first uh, platform to really resolve the pain points surrounding transportation. And they were so successful at that, that what we so we've divided Kareem's sort of journey into chapters. So we refer to the the, the early days as chapter one, sort of as we were growing, ride hailing, uh, growth, 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 and, you know, et cetera. Uh, and then we get to chapter two. And chapter two really started when uh, when Kareem was uh, sort of acquired by by Uber, or at least Kareem rides, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, when Kareem was acquired by Uber, it was about 2019, 2020, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, Kareem was the first unicorn from the region. I think the acquisition was around $3 billion USD. And uh, when Uber acquired us, it was really a testament to the, uh, or at least our rides business, it was a testament to our talent, our execution, and our tens of millions of customers that we have across the region, and really providing that world-class experience that, that Korean customers have, have come to expect. Uh, so Then we get to chapter three, and chapter three, I think, gets to the crux of of what you were uh, sort of alluding to earlier. So we succeeded in making ride hailing a reality in the Middle East, and specifically um, for for improving the quality of transportation in the Middle East. We have credit card payments, multiple language uh, usability, uh, sorry, functionality, Uh, We have great customer service, 24-7 voice messaging, customer service. Uh, We've lowered barriers to uh, communication, you know, um, you name it, safety, not to mention safety and quality of service. We have all the uh, sort of uh, the quality, we call it our quality engine that sort of maintains the quality of our fleet and, and make sure that customers can review drivers and drivers can review customers and all that good stuff. And we wanted to bring that, efficiency to other parts of, of people's lives again our mission is to simplify people's lives and uh, create an awesome organization that inspires so in order to simplify people's lives we took a look back and said okay well what do we do best we do best in that we have we have the customers there we have we we have customer trust uh we have um we have the real estate we have the met the, the, met, the the mind share, so to speak. And we want to bring this to uh to 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 other play to other industries as well. So uh we we take we take we we have a partnerships team that takes a look at at a number of different sort of potential areas that we operate in so we are operating for example today in food and groceries we're operating uh, also in uh so during covid and we still do we have like home pcr exams house cleaning uh we have a whole portfolio of services that we offer within the kareem app but those are not fulfilled i mean they're not fulfilled by kareem neither was ride hailing ride hailing is is uh, fulfilled by our, uh, by our by our partners who provide the transportation service. But still, we onboard them onto our platform. We give them the access to uh, to to our customers, to our payment gateway, to our uh, to our to our data that we collect on our customers in order to cross market things intelligently, and uh, that's what we provide to the to the to the to the partner and to customers. We're constantly trying to to find meaningful uh meaningful impactful and high quality partners that can uh that can that can that can help them complete whatever tasks they need to complete so if you need your house cleaned you need your car washed or you need uh you need to rent a car you know maybe you don't want to take a ride in, you want to rent a car but you don't really know where to go you don't know who to speak to you don't know what the rates are you don't know how to pay all of that can be done in kareem um you can even order like uh like like uh I think like pet services like you can even take care of your pet and stuff like that, so and we're constantly looking at others, so some of these may have been done in the past or maybe that in the future um so yeah that we're trying to create a marketplace of meaning of of high quality partners with customers who need them because again, in this part of the world uh finding those players finding those um those partners and paying them and communicating with them sometimes can be a challenge you know it's not not everything is as easily findable
0: uh as it is in in maybe more developed markets so we're trying to we're trying to bring that here and I think that's fascinating because as I'm spending more time in Turkey, I see that uh, the, this is very similar here. An app such as Getir, for instance, tries to do all of those things as well. Um, and, and it's quite disruptive because you disrupt not just now the, the ride-hailing, the taxi market, but now it's so many different industries at the same time. It's also, I like that you point out um, that uh, that you're working with partners who provide the services, because this is one of the misconceptions that I see in Europe, that um, Uber or other uh, uh, apps are actually providing the service, and therefore the, the, the people you know work with them are employees. That's a whole regulatory question. And I was curious about this when it comes to when it comes to you work in the Middle East. Um, do you face similar questions from regulators on sort of the structure, and has that caused sometimes problems to? Enter a market and sort of how are you managing uh, explaining this business model to regulators?
1: Sure, that's that's a very that's a very important point and and frankly is is part and parcel of my job. So, um, yes, there have been quite a few cases where we've had to educate and maybe explain sort of. Our, our business model and how we operate, because often you know, I've been in I've been in situations where regulators would call me and say, um, you know, uh, tell your captains or or tell your drivers or we uh, during large events, you know, have fifty drivers waiting outside. We can't do that. We're we're not we're not our, our drivers are not our, our drivers are, are on are participating on our network voluntarily. They're not our employees, and the same applies to our partners as well. So there is a learning curve, uh, definitely, but oftentimes I find that regulators have are, are are quick to 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 get it. It's usually it's usually um, it's usually an initial learning curve, but once they understand, uh, it's it's it hasn't been that big of an issue where where we have. Uh, Sort of explaining our business model where we have found pushback, however, is usually from the incumbents who uh, are sometimes have exclusivity over certain areas or enjoy certain privileges from the from the state that that, you know, not 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 Kareem, but maybe our part our our captains would not be uh, benefiting from. So, for example, sometimes there's some exclusive areas. Most notably airport access is always a challenge. Uh, you know incumbents tend to have uh, tend to have entrenched interests there so what the approach that Kareem has taken, which I think is is instructive for other uh, ride hailing providers around the world, is Kareem has always taken a deliberately collaborative approach not only with government but also with incumbents, so we are very keen. Uh, to work with within the laws that we operate in, we don't try to move fast and break things as as a lot of Silicon Valley uh, often tries to do, and uh, we're very keen to maintain our relationships. That's why we put such an emphasis on government relations, corporate affairs, and uh, reaching out again. And we treat our we treat our captains and our uh, just as much as our just as I mean we view our drivers on our network like we do our customers. Both are our customers. And uh, so we listen to them a lot, and as part of that, we've been able to come up with sort of collaborative win-win solutions for the incumbents and for us that maybe are not the ideal of what uh, sort of a free market would would be like, but it's it's reality. So I think what distinguishes Kareem from other players is we're far more pragmatic and collaborative. And our main focus is on creating the marketplace driven by technology. We, we hope to push policy in the right direction. And sometimes that has been uh, very fruitful when you make an economic argument for say, um, I don't know, opening up access to certain uh, exclusive areas or loosening regulations related to uh, who can, who is allowed to drive on our network. We make those arguments. And we do have that lobbying effort in place, but we don't draw outside the line. We instead try to come up with collaborative approaches that that and 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 for and for our for us it's more about the technology and the efficiency gains and how we can make the lives of our customers simpler. And hopefully the policy would follow soon. Or hopefully the economics.
0: Would follow suit. So I think this 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 brings me to something that I think so many people really underestimate. We we have a tendency of getting used to technological innovation and then sort of forgetting about how how life was before. Uh, it, there, there used to be a time when uh, parents uh, wouldn't have a means of uh, sending their kids to their. Football practice, um, while safely seeing on an app who the driver is and where they're going, and they've been rated before, and all of these things, where people would go out and have a couple of drinks and then get home without drunk driving because they have access to ride sharing, um, or just the fact that throughout the pandemic, when there were restrictions on going out, a lot of uh, a lot of food delivery uh, drivers kept. Uh, restaurants afloat uh, we have a tendency of sort of forgetting about that the the immense advantages that those services have provided and when we do the sharing economy index uh, each year we try and outline which cities uh, are the best in that but what are sort of the challenges that you're trying to tackle in the future is there eventually going to be a Kareem space rocket and are we gonna be able to uh, order the I don't know the newest coolest tech gadgets uh, in an AI forum with meta goggles what's what's in store for the future uh, can you tell us anything about what you guys are working on or sort of what you think the customers might expect in the future so our
1: direction right now in chapter three is about becoming what we call the everything app right and by that we mean we want our customers to be able to rely and count on kareem's uh services or the services offered on kareem to come to reduce the friction in their lives now it we don't we don't want to get too crazy ahead of ourselves and start you know you mentioned like ai driven goggles or something no no we're squarely focused on and we're squarely focused on the customer and our service so much so that when you open our application uh one of the first things you see is just that 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 slew of services, right? So uh, right now, uh, the focus of our company right now. So we operate. By, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. We operate uh, in about thirteen countries, from Marrakesh to uh, definitely Pakistan. So everywhere in between. So yeah, we're we're we we've got our we've got our geography quite. Uh, we quite cut out for us, and I'm sure, as you know, we come up. We face challenges all the time, like now in Pakistan, there's no mobile internet, and at least at the time of this recording, um, so we're we're focused on this region and here in the region, the the, the adoption of ride hailing is still has quite a bit of a ways to go. So we're focused, obviously, on continuing our growth in ride hailing, but we are looking at the everything app and the second vertical that we have been pushing for, at least most recently, has been on food and grocery deliveries. Um, Again, this may be a little, uh, it may be more advanced in Europe or in North America, but here in the region, folks are still picking up the phone or still ordering or still going down to, uh, when I say phone, I mean plain old phone call, or uh, going down to the grocery store and buying their groceries. So, and there's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of what we call here in the middle east uh, bacalas sort of these small grocery stores that are you know these small neighborhood corner stores that are completely off the radar they're not even on uh, they're not even on uh, they don't even, they don't have their own apps they're not on other aggregators etc so those they're called bacalas so we're we're so whereas in the west maybe they'd be they'd have these dark stores you know where they'd be i'm sure you've heard of these dark stores where they're scattered around uh, cities well, we've had that in the Middle East for a very long time in the form of bakalas, but they're not technology driven. So, Kareem, being a local player, is there to collaborate with them to have them be on our platform to do order fulfillment. And now we have in Saudi Arabia, we have a major uh, pivot or major, major sort of, I don't want to say pivot, but focus of our company today. Is on the growing delivery market in Saudi Arabia, so uh, we have we're now launching this uh, Saudi first initiative. Uh, Saudi uh, sort of we're putting a lot of resources of the company in the direction of Saudi, and in the case of food, uh, one of the challenges that we're trying to address today is the I'm sure you you may you may have read about this in other literature. Uh, Obesity is a growing problem. It's a large problem. It's a growing problem in Saudi Arabia, so much so that it's stated as one of the health objectives in Vision 2030. So we want to be a part of that solution. And one of the things that we're doing there is we are reworking our application, especially in Saudi Arabia, to try and uh, incentivize customers to make healthier food choices. And that requires a lot of uh, human psychology, uh, a lot of work on the application itself, and also uh, work with our vendors and customers. So what kind, of, what kind of work? So we've done a tremendous amount of work reorienting our applications so that customers are driven towards healthy food. And how so? Well, first of all, think of like a lot of the traditional, I'm sure you have like, um, I don't know what they have in Turkey. You're in Turkey right now, so I don't know what they have there. But let's say Instacart or, Insta or Uber Eats or whatever. A lot of other aggregators will put, say, for example, restaurants first. And they'll, like, you know, you browse through, you choose a restaurant, you choose what meal you want, you check out, you order, you wait, you get your food. What we're doing, for example, with our food application is we are putting the meal first. And that's, that's an interesting differentiation. And we, we've tested this internally. and We think it's going to be successful, we hope. By putting the meal first, you know, customers are thinking more in terms of, like, like when you open a, when you open an application, look, and you want to eat, you know, you're hungry. You want to find something appetizing. Uh, you know, there may be a very healthy or, or delicious meal waiting for you from a restaurant you never would have opened up you never would have tapped on from any other aggregator or uh, maybe you'd never heard of them or maybe you don't have the nutritional info you sort of it looks good but you don't know what's actually in it when we say what's actually in it we don't just mean calorie count we mean um, you know whether it's protein or fish or carb or, or you know um, so we've put all of those things front and center in our application of course you can still filter by restaurant you can still do all the traditional stuff but we put all those things front and center because we said to ourselves well we looked at a lot of research. What are the reasons why folks order food the way that they order? And, you know, there's the traditional stuff like price and, uh, and uh, discoverability and people have certain tastes and preferences. But, you know, we also find that a lot of people just just go for what's most convenient. They, they go for what's cheapest, convenient from a place that they know. And I know this for myself. You know, you go to a restaurant, you know, you go to the restaurant that comes up in front of you, you go to the meal that you maybe have had, and you say, "Oh, I feel like that food." But by putting the meal front and center, we're actually putting the customer in front of what they actually want. You know, we say like, you know, you know, we're we're and we're helping we're helping customers discover new restaurants, and we're helping cu- restaurants discover new customers. So, uh, so that's one major effort that we've been putting as a company is to sort of rethink how food is how food is being delivered, how it's being ordered, how it's being delivered, and how it's being discovered so that customers can make healthier food choices uh, and and hopefully have Kareem be part of that solution in Saudi Arabia. We actually have an entire sort of uh, task force dedicated to promoting healthy food choices on our apps. We look at that as a benchmark of success. Of course, we still, you can still type McDonald's and order your Big Mac. And if that's what you want, please order it through Kareem, no problem. But we're trying to think how to be smarter about it so that customers actually can discover uh, other food options that are healthier
0: and uh, sort of uh, hopefully be a part of the solution of uh, obesity in the kingdom. I love the mix of Corporate social responsibility paired with also opening new horizons for both the customers and uh, and the restaurants. I think this is super interesting. We're almost out of time, and I wanted to ask you one last question uh, before we go, Uh, Omar. uh, Which is, why is yours the coolest job to do at Kareem?
1: First, I get to spend all my day talking with policymakers and thinking about our business from a from a marketplace from a from a sort of national economy slash social uh, human evolution perspective, it's, 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 it's fantastic. You get to be a part of um, making people's lives better, talking about tech and being able to evangelize it uh, to policymakers and be a part of the discussion that enables this uh, marketplace to to take
0: the entire region forward. Very very exciting. You're making all the listeners jealous. And I one last uh, one last thing: you recently removed uh, 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 um, uploaded uh, at Kareem uh, a whole documentary with also uh, cut into clips. Where can people find that online?
1: Uh, you can find it on our YouTube channel. Uh, I think if you just go to Kareem YouTube, it should be right there. You go to YouTube.com/slash. Uh, kareem video channel, it should be there on our playlist.
0: Fantastic, and we'll be putting that in the description of this podcast episode as well. Omar, thank you so much for joining the Consumer Podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And actually, here the conversation isn't quite over yet because while Omar and I were recording this episode, after we stopped recording, we had a bit of a back and forth that was so interesting that I wanted to record it as well, and I wanted to share this with you because here Omar lays out the the intrinsic value and technology uh, of ride sharing and how it combines supply and demand. And I thought it was super interesting. So I wanted to have you listen to it as well before we end the episode.
1: Let's take a step back and think about traditional economics, right? Traditional economics uh, has a certain set of assumptions, which are understandable, uh, given sort of the the state of the world just just 10 years ago. When we think of a traditional uh, sort of Uh, marketplace, we think of supply and demand, right? Supply and demand, it's Econ 101. And supply is usually sort of positively correlated with price in the form, in the sense that as price goes up, suppliers are more keen to offer a particular service. And uh, demand is inversely related in the sense that as prices go up, we typically assume that that demand, the the quantity of demand will go down. Now, that, the assumption in a typical supply and demand curve is that it's a snapshot of what supply and demand is at a particular moment, and more relevantly, it's a snapshot of what the producer and the consumer surplus is in a particular moment. So right now, producers will benefit X amount if they sell at this price, and consumers will benefit X amount at, an, at another price, right? So, what technology allows and technology that we use, what we allow is to capture what I call, I don't know if, this is, uh, if, there's, any acad- uh, if there's any academic uh, sort of thought behind this. I call it though personally sort of the the instant, capturing the instantaneous demand of consumers and producers uh, sort of it's a, it's a, it's a technology allows ride hailing, in this case ride hailing or, or, te- or marketplaces, online marketplaces such as Kareem, to capture the, the, the instantaneous demand of producers and, and consumers and to allow that, that transaction to take place. So for example, um, when, a, when a, if you wanted to take a traditional taxi, a traditional street taxi, uh, typically taxis are priced, uh, the fare is typically priced by an operator, uh, a regulator, uh, government, or whatnot, right? So it's typically there's a fare. Now sometimes uh, fares are higher during the day, lower in the evening, they have some broad parameters and you know the fares change a little bit here and there, but they're typically built around uh, certain assumptions that are planned out in advance. And what's the result? The result is that while it works for the most part, it works most of the time, very often times, you either can't find a cab when you need one you can't find a ride when you need one uh, because, I don't know, it's Saturday night, everyone's taking a taxi ride to or from their place, uh, or you maybe are in the middle of the day and there's too many cabs and you find three or four cabs all competing for your business. We view that as a marketplace failure. So when you have too many cabs competing for a business, for a customer, that's oversupply, under demand, and when you have the opposite, it's undersupply, supply, Right? So why did that take, why did that happen? Well, in the past there was no really information for for drivers or captains and and customers to go by. You know, it's like, okay, well this is, this ride is gonna cost me X amount and the driver says, well, this is the business and you just, just go, you just run with it. Uh, I also uh, sort of would suggest also thinking about next time you're in a traffic jam, think about roads, right? I mean, people think of traffic often like, you know, People look like at traffic as just a frustration, but really, traffic, car, like road traffic, street traffic, is a supply-demand problem. You have a, you have a fixed supply of roads. You know, you build a road or you don't build a road. That's the cost of which is borne by society because you know you pay your taxes. They pave the roads. Maybe they take a little bit of your gas. Uh, uh, they take a gas excise tax or whatever. And demand is well. You get in your car, you drive, and sometimes there's more cars. Sometimes there's less. Sometimes you're stuck in traffic for ages sometimes the roads empty right now streets are there are one thing but when you think of taxis well we have all the tools of technology at our disposal to really do the one thing the one thing that really makes markets marketplaces efficient which is information right it's all about information if customers and and producers know the more customers, the more anytime, the any customers and producers know more, the more the market runs efficiently. You know what your options are, you know what your prices are, you know what your what to expect, and, and the transaction can occur. And the voluntary transactions rely on the, on the more inform on, 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 on producers and customers knowing more. Now, what sort of information are we talking about? Well, there's the most obvious one, first of all, price, right? knowing what the price is. But what we do a little bit differently than say a traditional taxi operator is that we have dynamic pricing. So prices may go up or down on the fly. And this is not human decided. This isn't a regulator deciding that, oh, after 7 p.m., demand is low. No, 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 this is algorithmically driven. This is technology looking at uh, supply capacity, demand, Uh, even traffic congestion, how much the estimated time would be. We're looking at a number of variables. And there's a lot of data science that goes into this in order to determine what the price would be for a captain to voluntarily accept a customer who voluntarily knows what the price would be. And it may be more expensive than they traditionally take it, maybe less expensive, but uh, both know exactly what they're getting into, what their estimated time of arrival is, what their estimated uh, uh, cost is going to be. Of course, we work with regulators within certain parameters. That's why uh, we try to avoid situations where like you know emergencies cause extreme uh, peaks in our prices. So we work within those rules, but we try to bring the efficiency of dynamic pricing to 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 this to this industry. You know, um, if you have, Uh, only a handful of cars, let's say luxury cars. Let's say we're looking at luxury cars. Uh, Let's say a number of people want to take a luxury car. Well, let's say all the luxury cars are taken, right? Or they're being used on other rides. There may be another captain elsewhere who's willing to turn on or maybe has this app on, maybe he's a further distance away. He'll offer and say, listen, I've got a luxury car. I'm willing to go, but it's gonna cost you maybe twice the base fare. And the customer is free to decide whether to do that or not. And what we do as Kareem is we give them options. We give them information. We say, look, it's going to cost you this much to take a luxury car, but you can also take a less luxury car and get there in a more affordable way. Maybe the customer is extremely price sensitive and doesn't really care how he or she gets there and just and wouldn't mind even sharing a car with someone. They'll get even cheaper around. So all of these things that are partner our, our, our drivers are our, not our drivers the suppliers the, the captains that are on our network they have transparency to decide how they want to offer their services and we offer the customers transparency in terms of what's available and what their what their transportation options are available price which is the key piece of information that's making all of this take place is is, is transparent for everyone we even go ahead, and I, I can say this personally. I used to be a driver myself on on a, on, a, on another platform. Uh, you know, we use uh, we, you know we we're you know we uh, we and well at least I'll, I'll say for the other providers. You know, I would I used to get uh, push notifications to know where hot spots are, to know where there's a surge in demand. Uh, I used to live in San Francisco, so I would get uh, pre advanced notice that. Uh, at 9 p.m., this particular event is going to be finishing up and here is the exit point and I'm free, I was free to decide to go and pick up customers there and, you know, the base fare is going to be a little bit, we expect it to be a little bit higher. I'm free to go there and I'm free not to. I'm free to decide maybe I want to go somewhere else and, you know, uh, so what What our, what this market? Pl- what Kareem as a technology company at its core is, we are... Providing information to customers and to service providers—in this case, transportation—and service providers, and using technology and the efficiency of uh, of, of of you know dynamic pricing, geolocation, uh, uh, payment facilitation—you know that that's very core for us. That our customers feel comfortable paying within our app. We use all of those things in order to make that marketplace as efficient as possible for both the provider and
0: the customer. And this is where we end the episode. Thank you so much to Omar Shatta from uh, Kareem for joining us on the Consumer Podcast. Follow Consumer Choice Center on Twitter at ConsumerChoiceC. Uh, and of course, I'll see you always next week on Thursday, every week on the Consumer Podcast. Cheers. You have to learn.